Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing. Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity, Art and Craft Creativity, Interviews with people who make, they are here to help keep you sane. Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity, Craft Sanity. Hello and welcome to episode 204. This is another Art Prize 2017 show. On this episode, I'm going to bring you a conversation that I had recently with Mary Catherine Baker. Now, at the time I'm recording this, Mary Catherine and I have still not met in person yet, but we will. She is a local Caledonia artist, so she lives, we actually, our houses are not far apart at all, so it's kind of interesting. I sent her a request for an interview online and only to realize that we basically live a stone's throw away from each other. Mary Catherine is a painter, and when I walked into the Gerald R. Ford Museum during preview week, I walked in and these paintings caught my eye right away, and they are these cropped uh, abstract paintings. The one that first captured my attention was of a couple pigs, and then there's another one of a cow, and there's some chickens, and also a bumblebee. What I loved about these paintings is that they were abstract they're not photorealistic and the colors that mary catherine is using in her paintings of this cow has a lot of interesting colors on it and the pigs are just cute it spoke to me because i I really gravitated to that whole farm theme the collection is called farmed it's really commentary on how when she was growing up in south america Livestock and pigs and cows were, and chickens too, were, were treated a little bit differently than they are here. I thought this was really interesting, and I reached out to Mary Catherine, and we did an interview earlier in the week. Those of you who should really perk up to listen to this interview are people that are not coming out of art school. Because my last interview with Gina, Eve Klein, was about a, a, a fine artist who is a product of an art school program, and she's actually teaching art now. Uh, Mary Catherine Baker's story is different. She is self-taught, and um, and so it's interesting. I, I love hearing the stories behind the artwork and hearing about people's artistic journey because there isn't one correct path or only one path to becoming an artist. So I, I really think you're going to find this intriguing, hearing the story of how Mary Catherine came to be holding a paintbrush every day and how she finds time to paint while also raising three children in suburban Grand Rapids. So uh, Mary Catherine, it was really fun to talk to. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation and I think it will be fun for you to to learn how her business Copper Corners got its name. There's a little bit of a love story thrown into the mix of this too. So it's like one-stop shopping as far as entertainment goes. I think you're going to really like this. All right. So I'd like to thank my Patreon sponsors for helping to keep the show going. And um, just all of you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. All right, so grab a project, grab some tea, and settle in for a conversation with Mary Catherine. Let's maybe start off with having you explain your art prize entry and the um, story behind your entry 
And and then we'll kind of go from there because I know this is your first art prize experience. So that's exciting. Yes. And so if you can talk about what you maybe what inspired you to enter and um, what you what you entered. I don't know why I was inspired to enter. I just wanted to. I think it's a huge part of Grand Rapids art prizes. And I love going to art prizes. I've gone to almost every single art prize. I missed one. And so my husband, he was actually the one that was like, well, you should do art prize sometime within, you know, the next 10 years while you can do it. And so I thought, well, maybe this is the time that I should do it. So I just picked my favorite thing, which are animals that I was, I actually grew up in South America in Paraguay and I was always very close to animals. So as soon as we started talking about doing art prize, I knew immediately what I was going to paint for it. And, um, sort of the message that I wanted to bring to Art Prize. And you're calling your entry farmed. So, yes, I'm so it farm. yeah, so tell us a little bit about that cuz your I know your personal history plays a huge role in your selection of these yeah. these works. Yeah, well, I grew up in South America and we were always surrounded by farmed animals. But it was a big difference the way farming is done down there compared to the common factory farming in the United States. There were always cows roaming around on the sidewalks and pigs. And I mean, people had bees and they were chickens and they were treated like part of the family. And which I loved, you know, people would walk around, they'd walk their cows around the block (laughs) or they would just let their cows out and their cows would roam around all day long and then come home at night. I'm intrigued by this. So People would literally like walk their cow. Like, how does one walk a cow around the block? Do they walk next to you? If I mean, yes. they, they'll just walk right next to you. They do. They're if you get to know a cow, they become your friend. And the same with the chickens. I had a neighbor girl who she would come over and play, and her chickens would follow her over to my house. And I mean, we wouldn't let them in, but they would hang out there for a while, and then they'd head back home, or they'd hang out there and wait for her to come back out and go home. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so I got, I mean, I grew up knowing what these animals are capable of and the feelings that they have and the connections and the relationships that you can have with these animals that a lot of people don't realize or don't want to realize. I get the sense that you're just trying to to paint this, you know, these paintings based on memories, happy memories you have from your experience. Yeah, and you know, and there are there are some great local farmers who they love their animals. Oh, and absolutely. Yes. And they're, you know, a part of their families. And you know, that's one thing. That's one thing to raise these animals to have a have a beautiful life and but it's the factory farm that really gets to me, you know, how they're just they're treated like nothing. And so it just um I just kind of wanted to bring awareness to that, you know, if you can work with a local farmer, someone who raises the animals happy and not in torture, yeah, <laughs> rather than buying from factory farming, could help a little. Yeah. So that sounds like, um, I mean, just a, such an interesting life um, that you had in South America. And where, ex- so you said you were yeah. in, uh, remind me of where you said you were? Paraguay. Okay. And small how, little country right in the middle of South America. And how, how long did you live there and what brought you there? We were there. We moved down there when I was nine and we came back when I was 16. 
Um, my parents were missionaries. Okay. So we did some missionary work down there. So, yeah, the formative years, you were down there. Yeah, I was down there for elementary school, middle school, and part of high school. And then did you move back to the West Michigan area, or are you from West Michigan originally? Yeah, my parents are from here originally, so we came back with me kicking and screaming. Oh, you didn't want <laughs> to come back? I didn't want to come back. No. <laughs> well, I mean, Paraguay was my home. That's where I grew up. So. Yeah. I, well, I, no, I, I had to leave I at 16. Yeah, you school. probably had a group of friends and, like, all that, you know, you're entrenched in high school and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like you yeah, survived. <laughs> yeah, you survived. I the, did. The I survived. <laughs> Were you born in Grand Rapids? I was born in Grand Rapids. Yep. Okay. Okay. And so when you came back, um, was that kind of an interesting... Well, actually, I'm interested, though. While you were in South America, were you painting and doing artwork as a kid? Or did this develop later? Not really. By So I don't want to say almost everyone, but a lot of my family is very artistic. And because they're artistic, it's kind of like they don't care about it. <laughs> How to explain it? It's like, oh, everyone's artistic because we're all we're all artistic. So okay, artistic. so it's not really that big a deal. So like, it, if someone's artistic in the family, no. it's like, well, you know, everybody can draw or paint or you know, I get it. No, I, I see yeah. that. You know, if you have a musical family, everyone plays an instrument. It's like no big deal that you play violin. My parents never really pushed me to do anything artistic because you know they were all artistic, so it didn't really matter. Um, so yeah, so no, I never really painted or I never really did anything. I mean, I drew here and there, but nothing like nothing grand i didn't really start until i came to the states really okay so was it like a high school art class here in the back back in um in the states where you're like oh maybe i should pursue this like what clicked for you um no actually i had when i was in south america i watched you know all the teenage movies about high school in the states (laughs) so when we got back i was terrified to go to high school i refused to go and so i homeschooled myself Oh, really? I had to do our mean girls and boys all over American high schools, and I did not want to be a part of it, so I did not go. You did the homeschooling, and then were you taking art as part of your homeschooling? You nope. No. Never did it. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so what did you do after you finished your high school education? What did you do next? Um, I was actually, I became a Spanish interpreter at Spectrum Health. And so I was a medical interpreter there for almost 10 years. Actually, a little over 10 years. You went right from high school to medical interpreter? I did. Well, you had the language skills because you were, uh-huh. yeah, you were in full immersion. I was full immersion, yeah. So I'm 100% bilingual. So I wanted to find a job where I could keep up my Spanish because I didn't want to lose. I mean, I wasn't speaking to anyone when I got to the States in Spanish. And I thought, if I don't speak Spanish now, I mean, I'm going to forget things or something. So I looked for a job where I could speak Spanish all the day and, or all day long, and that popped up, and they hired me. And how old were you when you got hired? You're probably one of the youngest Spanish interpreters they've ever hired. Yeah, I, I was 18. That's really cool. And then you did that. You stuck with that for 10 years. So you did you did you enjoy that? Oh, my gosh. I loved it, yes. I got to, I mean, I would be in a birth for an hour and then I would run down to the ER with a little kid with a a broken arm or something and then I would run over to um, occupational therapy and then I would run over to like neurological I, I was all over the place so I learned so much 
in those 10 years. I like to say that I became a doctor working at the hospital for 10 years. And that's that's huge, especially for an 18-year-old to walk in into that. So you had a lot of responsibility. It was very big. Um, fortunately, I was I carried around a medical dictionary with me for a long time, and I read it and studied it every single day, and I learned as much as I possibly could so that um, because, I mean, I was the only 18-year-old, first of all, in a department full of, not older, but not 18-year-olds. Well, no, they're older because and they had to go also, to school for like 12 years to get that job. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you and you went right to the profession. You were like, hey, I'll meet you at the hospital. The people your age weren't going to show up yeah. for 12 more years. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and also, I mean, I in the department that I was in, it was all Hispanic. So I was viewed as this young American girl it just shows up to the department, you know, to be an interpreter. So, oh, so everyone really else was Hispanic like that was doing the interpreter. Around. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're like, I wonder if this woman really knows Spanish or if she just, you know, learned it in exactly. high school, like in a class or something. Yes. So I really had to prove myself. How long did it take to prove yourself? Not really that long at all, because I, I mean, I, I kind of become friends with everyone. <laughs> so after people sort of let their guards down and realize that, yeah, I do speak Spanish, I grew up in South America. Right. Then it was okay. <laughs> right. Then it was totally fine. Then I was just one of, you know, one of them. Well, that's really cool. So at what point did you start painting? Actually, my husband's aunt, she's a really good painter. And she would have us over for girls' nights every once in a while. And our girls' nights would be painting. So that's kind of where I just started picking up and painting. And I started just doing it more and more. And then... Um, and then I didn't, and then I just stopped and I didn't paint for, oh my gosh, I'd say probably five or six years until we had to move down to Florida for a year for my husband's job. And when we moved down there, I, we had these big empty, you know, high ceiling Florida walls and I had nothing to put on them. And so I searched and searched for something and I could just, I mean, I searched for months and I just could not find anything that spoke to me. So I went out and I bought a canvas and paints and I painted my own artwork <laughs> for my walls. Well, that's cool. What kind of paint did you buy? I bought three by four foot canvas. That was my first one. <laughs> okay. Because I don't, I don't do, I don't do, uh, I don't do smalls. I do big. So I bought a big one <laughs> and I painted it. And I, I can't remember. I think I posted a picture on Facebook or I did something. And my sister-in-law saw it and she was like, oh my gosh, can I please buy this from you? on it and and I said sure and so I shipped it to her and then my and then I painted another one because I now I still didn't have artwork right the whole point was one. to get artwork and now you didn't have the artwork yeah the whole point is another one and a neighbor came over and she saw it and she insisted on buying it she had to have it so I sold it to her and that's just kind of how it started happening and then her sister wanted one and then her sister's neighbor wanted one and then and it's just been kind of word of mouth that's great so what year was that when you moved down to when you guys were in florida that was two years ago okay and so i'm assuming you that's when you left your job at the as an interpreter 2015 or did you leave your job as an interpreter before no i actually left my job as an interpreter when i had my second child okay and so how many children do you have now I have three. Three kids. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Yep. Thanks. That was yeah, a little bit of a tired it. mom response. Hard. I did I did pick up on that <laughs> a little bit. Um, what what ages are your kids? This is 
I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Oh, yeah. You're in the thick of it. Yep. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. When was the first time that you got together with your husband's aunt and at the girls' night? Sorry, I skipped way ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to establish like when that paint, when that paintbrush was in your hand for when you realized like, oh, this is fun. To go back even further, when right before we moved to South America, I met my husband. I was nine and he was eight, and he needed a pen pal for school. Oh. And so I became his pen pal. And so we were pen pals the entire time that I lived in South America. Seriously. And when I came, yeah. That is the most darling story. Can this story get any more darling? Like, oh my God. Holy crap. This is, (laughs) that's such a great, I mean, that's a terrible response. I shouldn't say, holy, that's ridiculous. What I just said was ridiculous. But no, this is really cute. So where did you meet him? On the playground somewhere or? No, we met. It was at a church function. Okay. Um, my parents had known his, his parents from way back when. Which church? Um, my parents are Jehovah's Witnesses. So here in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Did you feel like a connection to him beyond like, oh, he's fun to play? You know, you're he's just a cool kid. I mean, did you did you feel a connection to him? I mean, I didn't, <laughs> but he did apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> But no, I didn't. I This is going to sound horrible, but I actually remember telling my mom, that kid has the fattest fingers I've ever seen. <laughs> Isn't that awful? That's the first thing I said about my husband. Oh, my gosh. What was wrong with his fingers? <laughs> his family has really big hands, though. So when you started writing, how often were you writing for his project? Like, how often did you have to write? I think probably, like, maybe once a month. I don't really remember. But we, I have a bunch of letters still, and... And we kept it up. Eventually, um, the internet happened. And so then we kind of gave up the writing the letters and we started just emailing back and forth. And how often did it, was it when at, at the height of it? Oh, man. I think we went through periods like where we would be writing each other all the time. And then it kind of slowed down for a few months, you know, because of school and stuff. And then we'd start up again. And Did you consider him a friend then at that point when you were writing back and forth? Or did you, did you think that yeah. there was actually something more to it? No, no. I, I mean, I always consider him a friend. And then, um, I don't know, in the back of my head, I guess I thought maybe one day. But I was young, so I didn't really think anything past that. Right, right. And so when you moved back, you were 16. Yep. And we didn't really hang out right away. I think maybe six or seven months went by. Oh, really? Wow. We were in awkward okay. teenage years. Yeah, we were in awkward teenage years. And I mean, we saw each other once or twice. And then one night we went over... His dad invited uh, my parents over for dinner. We went over there and something just clicked and we've been together ever since. That's really cool. So you guys actually became yeah. an item when you were about 16 or did you get together, like start dating yeah, later than my that? my parents dismissed. <laughs> well, we weren't allowed to date at the time. Right. Yeah, we were dating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to date. Yeah, but you you were together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really that's really cool. And had you seen the whole time you were gone? Was your family making trips back home? So, or were you down there from age nine to sixteen with no trips to the United States? No, no, we would come back occasionally. Every few years, we'd come back for maybe a month or so. Okay. And did you see him during any of those times? Yep. Every time. Yeah. Okay. I'd come to his house for like two or three nights. Hang on. And we were best friends. <laughs> and do you have all your correspondence? Did you save that? 
I do. Yep. I have, I, I, we're missing some, but I have a lot of it. That's so great. I have a lot of it. So your kids will have the full story of how their parents got together. And then they will have the full story. (laughs) That's so so great. So, so when you, when did you guys get married then? How old were you guys when you got married? He was 18 and I was 19. Okay. So we got married. Yeah. Yeah. And that was in 2005, I think. Yeah. We got married in 2005. Or wait, no, no, no. I take that back. He was 19. I was 20. So it sounds like his aunt, though, really did find the tip of an iceberg here of artistic talent. Yeah, (laughs) she did. So how did that start? Yeah. So even before we were married, I would go over there and we would paint. And I would do, you know, a painting while we were there. And she loved it. Everyone loved it. And then I didn't think anything of it (laughs) until the next girls night that we would go back over and paint again. So it's just this thing that you're like, oh, I'll just do this with, you know, with his family and have fun. But it wasn't something you'd go home and compulsively like paint anything. Or well, I think one time I went out and I bought a few paints and a few canvases that I actually still have um, right here. And I painted two cows. And then I was like, eh. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, so like, funny. Yeah. I, I told you, it's my, it's my family. It's like not that big of a deal. So I kind of thought of it as the same. Like I didn't really put much thought into it. Right. Like everybody does this. And were you doing yeah, the cropped everybody. images at that time too? Or were you doing like a full animal? Like when you start painting at girls night, were you doing did the style well, that you have kind of emerge or were you doing something different? No, but I always did cropped. I liked close-ups of faces of animals. So that's mainly what I've always done. So how would you describe your style for people who are hearing this and can't see the image right now? How would you describe it? I like to paint abstract animals. Not abstract enough to where you don't see a face, but you still see a face, but it's still abstract. I don't know how to explain it. No, I think that's a good characterization. Yeah. And it's not a big blob. So people, it's not a big blob. And she's saying, that's a cow. I mean, you can recognize it is very clearly (laughs) a cow and it's a very good cow. cow. Yeah. um, Because some abstract is like, there's a, a bunch of stuff going on and it's totally random. And people are like, that's someone flying on trapeze and they have a, you know, blue skirt on. And you're like, okay, I see blue. I don't see the trapeze or the yeah. person. Yeah, it's not like that. And I'm interested how you got from girls' night painting to, you know, <laughs> this. What I'm assuming is you paint a lot now. I mean, it looks like you're pretty productive um, <laughs> from what I've seen online. Oh my goodness! Yeah, every so, day. Yeah. So how? So when did that? You said it started with the Florida. You know, where you needed practical reasons. You needed art for your walls for these big open walls, and people kept buying yep. them off of you. And how did you know how to so much to sell them for? Like, how did you calculate that? I didn't. I didn't really know. I was just kind of doing a guessing game. And I think I was actually losing money. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because the canvas um, alone is pretty expensive. Probably the first 100 that I did, I think I lost money. Oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> but you got... I was more painting for fun and for But you myself. got good at it, though. I mean, I guess that's... I did. I had a lot of... Um, I got a lot of practice, I guess you could say, out of it. And I kind of formulated my style and the way that I like to paint. But like I said, every single time I was painting it for myself. And then someone would buy it from me. I mean, I wasn't necessarily painting it to sell it. So how long did it take you to actually get something up on the wall for yourself? I still don't have it. My husband's been nagging me. I still don't have one. My husband's like, will we ever have a cow? Is this the year that you can paint a cow for us? Oh, that's so funny because yeah, you just yeah, keep yeah, selling yeah. them. You and just keep selling the cows. 
I know. I really want one, and he wants one, and it just it hasn't happened yet. But it's going too soon. I'm going to surprise him one of these days with his very own cow. And then you're going to just have to have not like for sale, that. and all the images that get posted online be like, this one is just not for sale. Because your art prize work is for sale, correct? Yeah, yep, it is. The chickens are actually sold already, but then there's the pigs, the cow, and the bee. So before it even starts, the chickens sold. That's something else. How how yep. soon did it? How long did it take to sell the chickens? Um, I posted a picture, and then I had a few people message me. They were interested, and I wasn't going to sell them until art price started. Um, but I have a client who's bought a few pieces of mine, and she's a sweetheart. And she's like, "Can I please buy this?" And so I gave in. I said, "Sure, it's yours." <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. So she can. She's sharing it with the public for right now. So she's it's on loan. It's on loan for art price. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, good for you. And so that was, you said about two years ago when you were in Florida and started painting like pretty intensely because of other requests. And so you said now you paint every day. So when you move back and at this point you're the mother of three, very small children. So how does, how does a typical, typical day go for you as an artist and mom? It's intense. There's a lot going on. I usually paint for, I mean, it's not like I sit in my studio and I paint all day long. It's like I'm in my studio for about five minutes and then someone has to go to the bathroom. (laughs) So you go to the bathroom and I'm back in my studio and then someone needs string cheese. (laughs) So you got to get string cheese. And so it's kind of, I mean, it's like I'm painting all day long, but in reality, it's more like an hour a day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it seems like until they nap once they nap then i really get into my into my groove right and that's when i really start painting and stuff really starts happening do you try uh-huh. to like involve them in things or how do you because they probably love seeing you work do they but or they think it's no big deal because they just think everyone's mom paints everyone paints it's no big deal yeah no <laughs> they could care less <laughs> to them it's nothing my little girl will walk by and she'll see a dog every once in a while that I paint and she gets really excited about the dogs. She loves the dogs, but anything else she doesn't care about. <laughs> but they, I, mean, I have it set up. So we live in, our house is a colonial. So when you walk in the front door to the left is the study and then to the right is the formal living room, which we made into a playroom. So my studio, which is the study, is right across from where the player is. Okay, so you can hear if something's uh, crashing or breaking or someone's screaming. Uh, oh, yeah. And these girls take full advantage of when I'm working because they ransack the house. <laughs> it is a disaster. I, I have to keep checking. If I don't keep checking on them, if I let like a half an hour go by, I, it will take me an hour to clean up. Oh, when, yeah. When, Isn't it amazing how fast they can destroy things? Yeah. So you have all three girls? Oh, my gosh. Nope, I have two girls and then my, my five-year-old little boy, he's in school right now. This is, must be feel really good for you to have found this outlet. I mean, when you discovered that you had this ability and people wanted to buy it, what was that like to discover this and be like, whoa, okay, I guess I can work from home and <laughs> move artwork out of yeah. my study. Yeah. I know. Well, I didn't really think anything, I mean... Like I said, I thought, you know, I was raised with my parents who are all, everyone in my family is artistic. And so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, why are these people just painting their own cows? Uh, (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) So you're just like. I kind of realized 
like, yeah, not everyone paints. Like, um, I can't sing. And so I'm sure a singer thinks, oh, yeah, everyone can sing. Well, no, that's not really the case. I'm an awful singer. So that kind of finally clicked with me. And I, yeah, I just, I made a Facebook page and it just took off and I started painting for people. And it was a lot of fun. I love doing it. And it's my job and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so let's talk about the name of your, your business. So you decided to name, how did you decide on the name for your business? Um, So I like to paint all of the corners of my pieces in copper paint. So every single corner of all my artwork has copper corners. (laughs) It's just my thing. It's my signature style. And is there any kind of other meaning to that? Is there any, anything else that's, is it just a thing you do? Yeah, there is actually. Yeah, there is actually. Yeah, because I'm really curious about that. Our first house that we bought together as a family was on a street um, called Copper Corners. Okay. And that was your 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 family, your parents or your your husband and you? My husband and then our little boy. So okay. My husband bought that first house that we lived in. He bought before we were married. Okay. So then our first house that we bought together, we had our first child. It was on Copper Corners. I just always loved that house because it was our first house. And I love the street name and, and I love the color copper. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm going to incorporate it this way. And this is going to be my thing. And this is going to be my signature. And That's it, awesome. It, um, it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. And so I'm now I'm looking at your work and been like, oh, I didn't because I didn't look for the Copper Corners. But now I can see. In each corner, yeah, most people don't bit. ever, they don't realize it until I tell them. That's really... Like, oh, yeah, all of your artwork does have copper corners. Is that the last thing you do with a painting? Add the copper corners, yeah. yeah. At what point did you realize, like, okay, I'm setting up the Facebook page, I, I'm going to make this a business. How long did it take? Like, did you have 100 paintings in, or... And you know what? When I set up that Facebook page, I, I wasn't even setting it up to necessarily sell them. I was just setting them up to post pictures of, of my artwork because you know um I didn't want to flood my like Facebook friends right with like <laughs> hey look at all my paintings like, yeah I don't want to be that annoying person so I just opened up a new Facebook page where I could just post pictures of my work and then people started following it and neighbors and friends yeah I'd say probably maybe six months after I started painting I was like all right well I think this might be my job and I think that's it business cards and that's when it kind of became a real job to me once I ordered the business cards that sort of sealed the deal and so you're selling a lot of prints it sounds like is that what you've turned have you found out that that's um like the way you want to get your work out there so it's more accessible and and a little more affordable for people or do you find that people really want those originals it goes both ways I started doing prints because I couldn't keep up with the demand for my artwork so I thought well maybe prints will sort of be you know like a happy medium to hold people over or as gifts and holidays and so that's when I started photographing and doing prints and is that the bulk of your business now the the prints yeah it's huge people and it took me a long time to do prints because I thought you know how could you want print when you can have the real thing like to me it was very hard to to do prints. And then I found a spectacular photograph, an art gallery that does a a tremendous job photographing the artwork. 
And because I had trialed a few different places and I just wasn't satisfied with anything because it just looked like a print. It looked like paper. And it's not the same when you see the real thing in real life. It's very different. So when I found this new photographer, they printed out a, a piece of my artwork and I was blown away. I could not believe how perfectly they captured the texture, the colors, the feel, everything, even the feel of the canvas. Oh, wow. was the same with their canvas paper. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, oh, I, I said, sign me up. <laughs> I need, I, if I'm blown away and I'm the artist, they're very good prints. And so are these like a gallery wraps kind of um, with the texture on the canvas? Are they printing on canvas or? Yeah, it's a canvas paper. I mean, there's a few different options, but yeah, it's a canvas paper and it feels like, and you look at it and you just want to reach out and touch it. Like it looks like, the painting is jumping out at you with all of the texture that I do in my paintings. And so it looks like you're doing also pillows too. Like you're putting your work onto yeah. fiber. So you're doing fabric. I, I was doing them for a while, but I, I quit recently. Okay. So that just got to be too much. I'm searching for, I want everything that I put out to be perfect. And I like, I like the pillows, but I want them to be even better. So I'm still sort of searching for a new, a new fabric, a new producer of pillows that I'm in love with. I see. Now, were you sewing them yourself? Oh, no, no, no. I don't have time. No, I was getting them. Um, I was having them made. Oh, I just, I'm scrolling through some of your work and I'm seeing that the little girls in there, who, are those your little girls or no? They look like they might be too old to be your little girls. Um, the bikinis and then you, the painting of the bikinis behind. Oh, no, that's a, that's a blogger that I've followed since. I was pregnant with my first son, and she was pregnant with her first, oh, first girl. Oh, yeah, so cute. And now we have three, and yeah, and I saw those little girls in that swimsuit, and, and those so cute. It was the sweetest thing ever, and I was so inspired by it that I did that painting. Who's buying your work primarily? All over the United States. I ship to a different state every, I mean, every few days. I, I California, everywhere, all over the United States, and then I do um, Canada, and Australia. So is it primarily prints now or do you have a backlog of orders for original paintings? Oh my gosh, no, I'm booked. I I do paint originals. Um, I paint every day. I'm booked until October of next year. Are you kidding? For original. Oh my gosh. Wow. No, I know. I'm busy. Oh my gosh. So how do you strike a balance between like, so if someone orders an original painting from you, and mm-hmm. I'm assuming that, well, I guess I'm not going to assume anything. If you explain this to me, if someone orders a painting from you, how long does it take them to get their painting? And do you, are you able to sell prints of that painting or do you just sell the original and they buy that original and they pay extra just to not have you make prints? How does that work? Um, no, I tell everyone that I make, I photograph every piece that I do and it could possibly become a print or okay. it might not, but they'll always have the original. The art prize is... This wide open, anybody can win. You know from living in this community uh, for a while, you know with Art Prize, every year there's always some controversy that swirls around it a little bit where you have people who feel like artists should be coming out of an art school and go through these certain steps to become an artist. And then there are wildly successful artists who didn't do that and they're they're just doing their thing. There are also people who aren't maybe as skilled as you are in painting and they make a painting, they pay $50, they get in a venue 
and they're they're good to go. And so every year it's really interesting to see that mix. And but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, because obviously you're coming at this as a person who's working every day at painting. You're making an income from your work, which a lot of artists say, oh, I'm an artist, but then they don't make, they don't sell any work. So, um, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing too. not to, un, you know, in, say it's un, not valid if you're not selling it because that's not true either. But what is your perspective no, on yeah, this? What, what do you think about uh, what makes a person an artist? I think, you know, for a long time, I paint, I painted, you know, for months, almost a year. And I still didn't really consider myself an artist. I just thought that I was just painting and, and it wasn't until recently that I've considered myself an artist. So I think, I I think it just depends on every person, every personality, you know, there's always going to be the people who are, you know, have the puffed up chest that they're, they're great and they went to art school and that they're an artist because they had this specific education. And then there's also the other people who have the same feeling, but that they didn't go to school and that they're this great artist because it comes to them naturally. So I, I think that you just have to find a, a good balance. I don't think that anyone can say, um, oh, what am I trying to say? I don't think that anyone can say, I think that everyone's an artist in their own way. It just depends on how you view it. You know, my, um, my husband wouldn't consider himself an artist, but I think he is. He's, such a, a people person and he knows sales and there's an artistry in that. There's an oh, artistry in yeah. that he can talk yeah. to Absolutely. people. Yes. And, and so I think everyone's an artist in their own way. And whether it's you paint, you sing, you can talk to people, you garden. I think everyone's an artist. You just have to kind of find your... be able to accept that. Yeah. You're in a great venue. So congratulations. Like how, I know, thank how, you. Like, how did that process, did they come to you? Did you go to them? Like, how did that work? How'd you get into the Ford Museum? It goes both ways. So you, um, I, do you know how the whole the art prize process works? Yes, where you do put you your know. work out there and say, here I am, and apply. Yeah, you put your work out there, and um, you can send, you know, messages to a few venues if you want to say, uh, check out my artwork if you're interested. You know, I'd love to collaborate with you. And I sent a message to Ford. I wasn't really expecting, I wasn't expecting anything. You know, it was my first time. And I was going to be happy just to have a profile. Honestly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They messaged me back right away. And I was so honored and floored. And everyone at Ford has been so nice and so welcoming. And I hope they have me back years maybe in a year or two um when i do art prize again oh so you might not do it next year you know i booked until october and so i didn't set aside any time next year to do art prize i don't know what i was thinking oh this just occurred to me the other day i was looking at my calendar i was thinking about art prize for next year and i thought oh my gosh i'm booked until october i don't have time for art prize so i don't know if i'll do it maybe it'll have to be one of your clients works I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can let someone borrow. I can ask if someone will let me borrow it for a while. <laughs> when people um, order from you, I know it depends on the size of the painting, but typically how long is the wait to get a, to get a um, painting? Uh, well, right now it's a year. It's a little over a year. And so once I start their piece, I message them a few weeks before 
they pop up on my calendar. I messed them a few weeks before and we go over all the details and I like to get pictures of the space that it's going to be in so I can see the colors and the tones and the feel because everyone has a different style. I mean, they can, they can tell me their style, but until I see it, that's how I really understand what their style is. And then I tailor the painting to their home and their feel and their colors. So if you notice, if you look through my through my Instagram, you can see that I have a lot of different stuff. It's not always the same. Oh thing. yeah, that's one of the things that was really interesting to me. And are some of these like animals and things? Are these like pets that people have, or are these just? Yeah, yeah okay. I, I do a lot of dogs. I do dogs and cats. And, um, so yeah, so I kind of tell. And most of my stuff, like I said, is commissioned. So every piece is a little bit different. It's my piece, but I also make it flow with the family that it's going to. Well, I think this is so wonderful how you have um, used that childhood experience of, you know, your life growing up in South America to it's come out in your artwork and your your artwork has allowed you to contribute to your your family income while you're raising your children. And that is that a big thing for you? You know, I like to stay home. <laughs> I'm okay with being home. Yeah. I actually, um, I don't know if I should be pr- uh, proud or ashamed of the fact that last winter I didn't leave my house for two weeks straight. And and <laughs> you were fine with that. Because he's so supportive and he grocery shops and he does everything. Um, but yeah, I'm a homebody. So I'm totally okay with staying home with the kids and working from home. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'm especially- so supportive. I wouldn't have been able to do any of this without him he's my number one cheerleader and he's always telling me he's also my art critic so I show him all my pieces of artwork before I show anyone else and he as far as painting and drawing goes um he he's not very good at that (laughs) (laughs) but he has an eye for artwork and he can look at something and he can say you know what this looks a little off and then I look at it from his point of view and I go oh you're right that's so smart. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so he's my helper and he helps me get everything done. Well, it sounds he's like great. You, you, I'm glad you guys became pen pals because I, that seems too. like a key part of the story. Yeah. That's really, it worked out. It worked out really well. Yeah. And so yeah. what would you do if you won art prize? Oh my gosh. Like first prize. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, ten, if you're gonna win, ten, let's talk about winning big. Um. <laughs> okay, all right, let's win big. Um, what would I do? I'd be in shock, <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd be extremely grateful to everyone, to all of Grand Rapids, and everyone who came, and everyone who voted, and everyone who supported me for so long. With even just their words, you know, people write the nicest things on Instagram, and and on Facebook, and I'm so happy. Because, you know, social media can be such a oh, it a can be a, place. It can be a really good place, yeah. Yeah, and every, and it's like we've created this little art community where everyone is so happy and accepting, and and so I'm thankful for that. And, I, and I'm babbling on. You asked me what would I do if Yeah, I what would you do? Like, do? Do you have any, like, would you do anything different, or would you continue <sighs> to just do things the way you're doing them? I think I'd just do things the way I'm doing them. I don't know. I don't think I'd do anything different. Well, and that that's actually a really good sign. That means that you you must be doing things in a way that you're content and happy. Maybe you could buy some more paint. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that's like true. tons of tons of canvas. Um, I, I'd actually know. like a new stamp. 
So maybe I'll get a new stamp. <laughs> a new stamp? Like what kind of? St- you mean for your for your work? Yeah, I um I have a stamp that I use that I stamp on the back of all of my pieces. Oh yeah, and all my originals. And I'd like a bigger one that I could stamp on my boxes when I ship. Well, then you could really splurge and get yourself a really awesome stamp. I mean, with like a gold-plated handle or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's so uh, that's so fun. And I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. A special thanks to Mary Catherine for being a guest on the show. She did this really like short notice, like just made herself available. And I know that's hard when you're raising young children and trying to run a business and also getting ready for art prize. So thank you very much for doing that. I will have links to Mary Catherine's shop and her website and Facebook and all that good stuff uh, over at craftsanity.com. So if you want to head over there, you can um, click all those links and check things out. If you're coming to art prize, you can find Mary Catherine's entry at the Gerald R. Ford Museum. You pretty much walk in the front door and you will see it. It's on a wall facing kind of the entry once you walk in the, into the main area where it starts to open up a bit. So uh, that will be, uh, it'll be very easy for you to find. And for those of you who can't get to Art Prize, feel free to check out the Art Prize website and you can read her artist statement and click some links there. And again, I'll have all those links on my website as well. All right, so I'm going to sign off quickly, way more quickly than I did on my last episode, because I am actually heading back to Art Prize to find more people to interview. So thanks for tuning in, and I plan to be back very soon with another episode. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time.